Captain America throws his mighty shield. All those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Walk Softly Films podcast, Talk Hard. Uh, with me, as always, is Scott Stafford. Hey, guys. And Todd Sheen. That's me. Um, as you might be aware, just from listening so far, we are uh, trying to do this over Google Hangouts, so there may be some uh, weird audio glitches and some awkward pauses, but we'll do the best we can to work through it. Um, so we are going to revolve this podcast around uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, we are all big big fans of the genre. We all saw the, the movie this weekend and thought we'd, we would uh, just uh, talk it out a little bit, give some thoughts. I thought maybe we could give our overall opinions of the movie and then just kind of kind of start digging into the film itself. How does it sound to you guys? That sounds good. Did we all see it? Did Todd see it? Yeah. Nice. Okay, good deal. So we're all prepared. As much as we've ever been for anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Todd, what was your what was your overall opinion of of Civil War? You better go first, Scott. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, Scott. What was your overall? Opinion? <laughs> Mine might be pretty short. My, that's not that's a bad right. thing. That's good. No. My overall opinion was um, I think it's a good flick. It's definitely entertaining. Um, so that's a plus. I would put it in the uh, above the fold of Marvel movies. So in the top half, um, we, can, we can get into some rankings later probably. So I won't jump that far into it. But uh, it was it was fun to watch. It had, had some humor. Um, and so overall positive vibes from me, although it certainly wasn't perfect, but, uh, and we can talk about that stuff too, but you know, just the overall feeling was, was pretty positive towards it. Todd, what do you think? I really liked it. Um, and it was one of those where I just sat back and just drank it in. Didn't, uh, didn't pay a lot of attention to anything other than just letting it sweep me into the vortex, I guess. So I, you know, I sat back and watched it and really enjoyed it. And I, I loved, I loved where it took me, you know, and I, and usually if I get, if I, if I'm pulled into something, I usually don't, I don't normally notice the, the dragging moments or moments where it might, you know, might slow up a bit so that's something i'll i'll notice like on a second viewing but i really liked it i think i read a review that said um this you know it's you know it's got it's got iron man and it's got spider-man and it's got all these other guys uh and characters and they're all kind of mashed up in there but they felt that it was still a a Captain America movie that um, it, it, at the core, it was a, it was a Steve Rogers, Captain America story. 
And after watching it, I'd read that review or that statement before I saw the movie. Um, and then after watching it, I would probably disagree because I feel like just, I don't know, I just, I feel like it was more of uh, Tony Stark's movie. Um, that's just me, but, and, and there, there's a lot of Steve Rogers in there and there's a lot of them, you know, obviously those two, they're, they're the, they're the two main focal points, but it just seemed like to me, there was a lot, I don't know. I felt the way I saw it, it felt more like a, uh, a Tony Stark Iron Man movie. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And I'm, and I think it's a point I wanted to bring up a little bit later, um, about some of the conflicts that were in there because I had some problems with them. And I think I may have, and not to jump too far ahead, but I think the reason I would maybe consider it more of a Captain America movie than a Iron Man movie is because I felt like Steve Rogers had like his conflict was completely legit where I'm not sure I bought, I completely bought Tony Stark's, um, does that make sense? And if not, I'll, I'll do. That's something I was going to bring up later as one of the problems I had with it. But does that make? Does, without going into too much detail, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem is, you know, the the idea that Steve Rogers and Tony Stark's mother's name was Martha is crazy. Hold uh, on now. Oh, sorry. hold on. Sorry. Which is for jumping the shark. <laughs> they jumped the shark totally early. Totally different, massive movie. This one actually was was good. Don't wait! Don't wait to! Don't wait to episode three. Jump the shark early, <laughs> and then you've got time to come back. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, well, I guess. But yeah, I will. I guess we'll get into that. Um, I think my overview is was kind of the same as your all's. Is that it was it was this as fun as I had hoped it would be. And to me, it, it, like these things have a potential to get super messy with all the characters. And I thought that they did a pretty good job keeping it all reeled in and um, not letting like with, with the big uh, Spider-Man uh, entrance into the universe, not letting that kind of dominate. And um, there's a lot of things that could have happened to make this sort of clunky or, or, some people could have overshadowed uh, Captain America or whatever. And I thought it was, I thought it was pretty solid and, and it was definitely fun. That scene at the airport, which we could also get into a little later, but um, I mean, that, that 30 minutes is worth watching the whole movie for, even if you don't. Oh yeah. The other stuff. I think they kept them all reined in really good. I don't think it just went off the rails at any point where you felt like, Oh, there's too much of this or too much of that. It felt nice. Yeah. Um, so the opening, uh, if you all just want to kind of get into the movie and we'll try to go sort of chronologically and feel free to jump in. Like if I skip ahead a little further than you guys want, feel free to jump in and, and go back. But um, I, I thought that opening, that sort of opening action sequence after the the, the title uh, screen came up with um, Captain America's group against uh, Crossbones group uh, was pretty incredible and Honestly, I thought um, I was sitting there watching it and thinking, how in the world does Black Widow not have her own film? Because I felt like she kind of stole the show uh, in that in that fight sequence. Did you all? Oh, yeah. Did that that stand out to you all as much as it did me? 
I've been thinking that as soon as I saw uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, like the whole time I'm watching that movie, like just it, it's obvious. I think it's it's obvious to everybody at this point. Every every big Marvel fan out there, I think, thinks the same thing. Is like this character needs, you know, her own film. Like if any character was gonna any. You know, the the first female-led Marvel movie should be Black Widow, and there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. So, yeah, I'm definitely in agreement there. I, yeah, it could be an incredible spy movie. Like, mm-hmm. as good as, as good as a spy movie as Winter Soldier could be, I think that Black Widow could be equally as good of a good spy movie. Yeah, and even, yeah, even, even ratchet it up one notch. Yeah, I think I think you have to go in that direction. I don't think it needs to be anything like what you've seen of her so far. I think it needs to be just a totally different take on, you know, her her un, you know double un, double undercover, double secret probation, whatever. But um, I think it needs to definitely needs to be something that we've not seen and probably won't see. Again, unless they were to make another Black Widow standalone, because you know, uh, and I'm trying to think of the mo- the movie that um, I can't think of it. It's the one um, kind of almost like a La Femme Nikita type thing, um, mm-hmm. but not definitely not the Americanized version with uh, Bridget Fonda. With Bridget Fonda, yeah, who <laughs> I don't think anybody could ever buy as an assassin. Um. Yeah, some a little bit of news on that this week. Uh, there was a if anybody wants to look it up, there's a really good in like long in depth interview with uh, Kevin Feige. The <laughs> why do I always feel like such a dork when I <laughs> talk about this? Uh, the, so he's the head of Marvel Studios, and like I, you know, I, anytime there's a good interview with him, I read it because to me it's always pretty compelling because he he actually he's fairly upfront about this sort of thing, but um. One of the things they talked about uh, with him was the uh, Black Widow solo film, and he said, "You know, we're he he said we're scheduled out for like however many films into 2019. Like they're they're scheduled out, it's booked up. Like the the way the schedule is now is the way it's going to go. But he said we're looking at, at probably like three more for after that. And he said um, Black Widow is the one that we are uh, the most committed." To making happen he didn't say it's definitely going to happen but he said we're, you know th- those next three movies after the ones that we that we've got on the books that uh that's the one they're kind of most committed to making happen it's a lot of uh faith in her momentum keeping up for four years and yeah. god knows how many movies between now and then though i mean she's hot right now and that, and she was incredible in this mm-hmm. it seems like they would want to kind of jump in there and let her do her own thing one 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 good time i'm totally with you why not i mean i guess because you but i don't think they've they've named a director for uh captain marvel yet and and if that's the case like if you haven't you know kind of locked somebody down then i would just you know put the brakes on that and no matter what my plans are or if you wanted her in you know infinity wars or whatever just nope breaks on like let's let's make the black widow thing happen as soon as we can whatever we can bump back let's bump it back and not not to go too off, far off the rails but i mean i know we've you hear this a lot but why isn't there another hulk standalone and i mean i know i know you know is ruffalo gonna bring it in i don't know 
I mean, do we? Do you even need that? Do you even need him going off? I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to go off and you know help help some you know family that the rodeo worker dad got hurt and it's going to it's going to be like the old <laughs> CBS show mm-hmm. and that is you part- know, we don't go yeah. that route. Yeah, that is part of it. Todd is figuring out what uh, standalone Hulk film looks like for them. That's part of it, but also as much as anything is. Uh, the Hulk is actually tied up in rights issues. Um, Universal mm. actually still owns the Hulk solo movies. Interestingly oh, okay. enough, that's one of the more confusing uh, rights properties as far as all this stuff goes, you know, cause that one is, yeah. Universal still owns the Hulk. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's so super how weird. First one get, how did the Ed Norton get, get made? Did they sort of like the same Spider-Man deal? They got a, share yeah. of it or yeah i think they made like a one you know anytime they make a, a solo film they have to apparently do like a you know a, a one time we'll let you use them and and they you know they they do the paperwork and for and i think so they just made like a one movie deal for for uh, marvel to do a solo film and if they want to do another one they have to do it all over again or something so you know apparently mm-hmm. from the way they talk it's fairly complicated and it's a shame because really Incredible Hulk was really good. I, yeah, I, thought, I like that one a lot. That one is way underrated. Yeah, I agree. It's a tangent real quick. Your all's opinion on Norton versus uh, Ruffalo. Which which uh, banner do you like better? I, I Personally, I like Norton better, and it's not really close. Wow, yeah. I guess probably Eric Bana, just because I don't want to hurt those <laughs> other two guys' feelings. <laughs> Banner off the table. Where do you go from there? <laughs> See, I'm a hey. I'm a Ruffalo fan, but I'm yeah. I'm like you. I like I Me like too. that Norton Bruce Banner. Like and it, and it's not really close. Like I just you know I really like what he did with it. And and somebody else said the same thing uh, earlier this week. Said the same thing to me, and I was kind of surprised to hear it from them too. I was like I kind of thought I was the only one, but yeah. I, so I bet there's more sentiment out there for Norton Hulk than, than Marvel would like to think. I, I totally bought Norton as banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he did a really good job coming off as a, as a scientist without going into the backstory and all that. Yeah. I thought he really sold it, but he sells everything cause he's a really good actor. He's, you know, probably severely underrated. He's he's gotten his Oscar nomination. He's done some things, but he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth too recently. Be- I, I and mean, because he's difficult, right? I mean, and that's he why is, he wasn't right. he he didn't stay Hulk because because the dude is difficult, <laughs> really yeah. really difficult to deal with. And uh, you know that's why he's not the Hulk now. But um, yeah, that, that movie. Like we hadn't seen something good out of him in years because of that. And then that came out and it was the best, you know, it was like, man, it's nice to see him back. So. Well, the whole thing, the whole time you're thinking, Oh my gosh, he's he'll he could play the hook two or three more times and, and really, and really sell it and really uh, progress the story and the character. And how really, yeah. And and as good as Ruffalo is, but how fun would it have been to see, you know, Norton oh and, and Downey, you know, Nort- and, Downey. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what I was going to say. Yeah. And because, and also just the way Norton played mm-hmm. uh, Banner versus the way Ruffalo does Ruffalo sort of, 
and it could be a director's thing or or just the vision of the the writer the way they're doing it now or whatever but ruffalo just seems like he gets steamrolled by mm -hmm. like his banner gets steamrolled by whatever tony stark wants well i guess that's the way it's going to be because i'm just yeah. this wimpy little dude who can hulk up whenever i get mad so i better keep myself like he, he almost is he's too much of a of a sissy for me the way he plays him he where did. i thought norton did a good job being walking the line of i'm yeah. smart i know what i'm doing i'm in control mm. but i can lose it he does roll yeah. roll over you know they do have him roll over for stark on on the on the science stuff just about every time and in the books, which is much more interesting, like those two hate each other. They hate each other's guts. Actually, hmm. actually, Tony doesn't care. Bruce Banner hates Tony Stark like with a passion, and because he's he's always overlooked and and he and feels like he's you know he's right up there with him, and and like that's so it, the way that we've got him on screen compared to that, it couldn't be yeah farther from. Uh, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I I'm going to go with Ed Norton though, too, just because I, I think he, he makes, uh, he makes the Hulk, you know, he makes the Hulk be able to, ha you know, when you got him, you can have a standalone Hulk and the guy's going to be able, I think he's going to be able to sell it more than Ruffalo in a standalone Hulk. My, mm. my thoughts. Yeah. And I Norton's agree. not because he does, he has so many, he's got so many personality issues that prevent him from being a headliner still. But I mean, he's done his share of it and he can, he can, he can lead, he can hold a, he can hold attention. He can lead a movie. Um, and he's, you know, and he's a different, I mean, they're all, they've all been different banners uh, all yeah. the way back to Bill Bixby. So it's, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to see four different, performances norton just had so much energy and he was likable and yeah yeah um so yeah. you know they you're three for three there it is somebody call feige and tell him yeah that's right that's that's all they need to know um okay going back to the very first scene um <laughs> we're, just, we're talking about all right it's gonna <laughs> be a it's gonna be a 15 hour <laughs> podcast everybody it, it might be we still talk about Ultron, right? <laughs> no, we're not. Um, <laughs> were you all upset at all um, uh, that Crossbones was basically kind of introduced as Crossbones and then <laughs> blown up immediately? I was because it bothered me a little bit because I love that character from the Captain mm. America comics. I would I would say more surprised than disappointed. Um, you know, it, it didn't kill me because the, the whole time I'm watching it, like that scene, I'm almost thinking like, what do you do with crossbones after this? Cause it's like, yeah, with, he's so tied to the red skull and kind of worship the red skull. And like in the comics, like that is his character is like, he is like, go to any lengths, do whatever that man wants him to do. Like that's who crossbones is. So it's like, what is crossbones in this in the MCU without red skull. I was like, so yeah, that's kind of going through my head. It's like, what are they going to do with him? And then it was like, Oh, <laughs> that's what they're going to do with him. <laughs> they're going to blow up people with it. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think DC and Marvel are playing a chess match and uh, Marvel says, okay, 
Mm-hmm. I'll take your Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> and I'll give you crossbones. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm, you know, both what, about 10 minutes, 10 minutes in, about seven minutes in. Yeah, within being introduced. I, I think Jimmy Olsen was quicker into, I'm coming on screen and then getting his head blown off. Come on, yeah. come on, guys. I haven't seen that one yet. You won't know. That's the thing. You won't know it's Jimmy Olsen unless okay. somebody tells you. Okay. It could have been, you know, Timmy Olsen. We're doing you a favor by telling you it's Jimmy. <laughs> or you would have never known it. Well, that's not the case because I know that Jimmy Olsen is, uh, is an African-American gentleman who has the, no. <laughs> has the uh, hots for Supergirl. This is what I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a mess um oh you tv watchers <laughs> <laughs> okay um I, I this is not hyperbole there were several times that i got like goosebumps and chills through through the movie starting with some of that stuff that that they're letting captain america do with his shield now like every time he does cool stuff with his, with his <laughs> it sets me off. Like <laughs> you all have the same sort of like, is it just me like nerding out or when he starts ricocheting that thing off of stuff and nailing people and it, 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 it I like how they finally, I feel like they're comfortable or maybe it's mm. just the Russos. Cause it was kind of that way in winter soldier too, but more so in this one, I thought, is that just me or do you guys react? Yeah, I do love it. Um, there was one. There was one throw where, it like, you know, the ricochet was like three times, and it, and it came back to him. And I was like, and that one was like, oh, okay, easy now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is awesome to see. I'd love to see him play frisbee golf with that thing. <laughs> Man, he would be a ringer. <laughs> yeah, just, he would. Just nine, just nine holes, you know, just nine holes. Yeah. It would be like Hawkeye talking about how he tried to play golf and mm-hmm. shot an 18, 18 holes. He shot an 18. That would be, I think that would be capped with Frisbee golf. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, and it's not just the throwing it. I like how they're letting him sort of use it as a, as a handheld weapon too. Like it seems like they're kind of getting their, getting their groove with him and the, and the shield all the time. Okay. Yep. There yeah. You go. I, no, I, I dug it. I dug it because I mean, you know, and I, and we may get into this a little bit later too. And that, that is okay. Which, which team are you pulling for? Which team are you, which team would you be on? And Mm. you know, yeah, we, we got to get into that later. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, it's, I mean, anytime you see him throwing the thing or, and you know, especially that opening scene where he's, you know, it's like pinball, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Lord of the Rings pinball machine. Out at the Daniel Cinema, just come down. I will go nit nitpicky on that Pretty first sweet. scene a little bit. Okay. Let's, um, and I hate I hate to do it, but just you know, if we're gonna fully break this thing down, I think I felt like, and I even looked it up to see if the cinema, if the uh, cinematographer, director of photography, whatever you want to call him, was the same guy from Winter Soldier, and it is, which surprised me a little bit, because I felt like the action in Winter Soldier was a little bit better to me. Loved, loved the fight scenes. 
uh, from Winter Soldier. And these were just as good as far as, as far as the choreography goes. Like to me, like I don't, I almost feel like nobody does action scenes better right now, like than the Russos do. Like anybody working mm-hmm. today, like I, I would be hard pressed to find somebody that does an action scene better. Um, but I felt like the Winter Soldier, they backed the camera was backed up a little bit, which was really like I noticed and and was really nice for me because it was like you know the camera over the past twenty years has just gotten closer and closer and closer and closer to the action. Mm-hmm. To where it got to the point where I can't tell what's going on, you know, in these fights, it's like it's really hard for me to follow like what's happening. And and, uh, and this one, I felt like they definitely cranked up the shutter speed a little bit, and it was high in Winter Soldier, but it felt even higher in this one. Where the that being like the thing that makes you know the screen look like um, Saving Private Ryan, where it's real jittery and you know, um, yeah. There was a lot of that, and I felt like they they got closer to the to the fights. Like it was it was really up close and and uh, a little bit harder for me to follow. I didn't get I didn't feel like I got to see all the choreography as well as I did in Winter Soldier, in the fights in this movie. So just uh, this is a little nitpick for me. So do better next time, Marvel. Is that <laughs> you? <laughs> that is that like you thought that through the whole thing or just in that? Yeah, pretty much through the whole thing. Super. Yeah, it was it was pretty consistent in the big fights. Um, that it got a little, but definitely in that first one. Yeah, yeah. I think what in the DP uh, Lib- Libatique or how's that pronounced? Matthew Libatique. No, I don't think that was it. It wasn't him. No, I don't think so. Hold on, let me prove you wrong. <laughs> okay, you can. <laughs> probably, probably not. I'm just kidding. I feel like it started with a C. Um, Carl, Carl, somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Carl Liberty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I see where you're coming from in the first scene. I don't think I had as much of a problem with it as the thing went on. Um, and I thought that the last, the last fight sequence, not to jump ahead mm-hmm. too much. I thought the last fight with the, uh, with the Winter Soldier and Iron Man and Captain America, I thought was was pretty well done. And like, there were a few shots that were like long shots um, that were wide that, that where it didn't. That's move. true. Those, those were pretty slick. Yeah, that that's true. That that fight with uh, Iron Man, it was it was backed off and and wider angle. Yeah, you're right about that yeah. one. Just, but that one, but yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, all right. So, what about um? Also, what chill inducing for me was um, seeing Black Panther and seeing Spider Man on on screen in this universe, and especially Spider Man, mm-hmm. seeing some of that stuff. Um, what was your all's reactions to those guys? Because I couldn't stop smiling with either one of them. Who you want first? Go start. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Go staff. <laughs> okay. Um, thought, uh, first of all, you know, man, they keep knocking it out of the park on casting. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, if if Marvel's good at anything, it is casting. And uh, so <laughs> props to them for that. 
I think I sent a sent a text to Alan and and said like I felt like um, Tom Holland is as much of a home run for Peter Parker as Downey was for Tony Stark. Um, so, which I thought was insane when you sent it until I saw the movie. Yeah. So yeah, did you? Am I am I far off on that? No. No. Kids, uh, that kid, that kid is perfect. That's kid, what it should have been from the beginning. Yeah, kid's incredible, right? Yeah, it's like, and it's just amazing that this string of luck they're having because you know that you know that Spider-Man movie is gonna just is gonna be great now. And there's no doubt about it. Um, so, props to them for that. And and uh, Black Panther, you know the suit and and um, and he's great. What's his name? Um, Played Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sudeikis. uh, (laughs) No. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was, and he played in that James Brown movie that everybody loves, but I Mm. think I would hate. Um, Yeah, but they did both did a good job, and it was. I'll look it up. Go ahead. It was fun to see them. Um, I didn't like. That's another nitpick for me. Like, if it's up to me, I don't. I felt like a lot of the a lot of stuff got shoved into this, and it was an interesting way to meet these people. But at the same time, like you know, like did it did they get their full service? And did if if you would because they kind of had in mind the writers had in mind what Captain America three was going to be, and then Feige comes in and says tells them basically when when they've already started writing, we're doing Civil War. And so they say, uh, okay, so, you know, this is, this movie is going to be civil war. So it's kind of like all, all these story elements they had, they took civil war and kind of shoehorned it into what they, the framework they already had now, huge, you know, props to them. It works, you know, it works. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem like you all said, it doesn't seem too clunky. And, but at the same time, I feel like, it would have been a better movie, like overall, if we had gotten like Winter Soldier is so good, man. It, and and like Todd mm. said, it's it's upper 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 tier of Marvel movies, and I would have liked to have seen like a smaller story like that for Cap Three, and kind of given him his movie, and you know, kind of fully fleshed out whatever wherever they were going with. It. I would have loved to have seen what that movie was going to be. You know, if if they had allowed that whole Winter Soldier thing to breathe, and and you know, and not had to kind of all shove all these other characters in it, and that whole you know that whole thing, and um, mm-hmm. that conflict. So, but um, yeah, I've got one thought. I, I want. I've been talking too long, so I want to hear what you all have to say. But come back around to like Spider Man on me and and his introduction. Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts on that too. So that was that was like my next note was was the intro. But mm. um, overall reaction to did you? I mean, did you have like a what was your reaction to Spider Man and, and the the Panther Todd? Well, <clears throat> loved Spidey. Uh, I liked how we um, we all knew who it was. I liked I liked how they kept the camera on his legs. Um, he walk, you know, he's, he's walking through his neighborhood. He's walking up his, you know, up the stairwell to his apartment. Uh, he walks in and, you know, we, we get, we finally get the reveal. We hear his voice. And I think, you know, 
not that you not not you you don't cast you know not that you cast on voice, but man, his voice is just his voice is Peter Parker. I mean, yeah. he's just got that wonder, you know, that kid filled with wonder that's also smarter than any kid his age for kilometers. So I mean, the the kids kids really intelligent, uh, and it, and that comes off. But I mean, he's also just got this, you know, this you know, obviously really young kind of, you know, state of mind. And he's been thrust into all this stuff. I liked how they, you know, he, they hinted it, you know, started happening six months ago. We didn't have, you know, I'm, I'm glad they didn't force any of that exposition in there. Cause we all know, everybody knows what happened. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they address any more of that next summer and then in the standalone. But I really, just I thought the Spidey. I mean, and you know, you hear, you kept hearing, oh, that's it's really, you know, it comes off really well, and you still don't know until you actually see it. But I thought they really did really well with that. To, you know, having five Spider-Man movies in the past what 15 years, and then now we've we're in the, you know, we're on our third Peter Parker, and it just this one feels, this one feels right, and and I think you know the whole, you know. Raimi movies I loved, especially the second one, but um, you just never, you never really totally bought Tobey Maguire as a, as a mm. teenager ever. <clears throat> and, you know, the same with Garfield. You just, ne- I just never bought it and you never, you know, it just never, never felt, never felt right. Yeah. Uh, and, as, and like, as far I, as Black Panther. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and like Feige said, because it was a good point. Uh, like Feige said, he felt those other movies couldn't get, they couldn't get Parker out of high school fast enough. It's like let's give you a little taste right. of it, and right. then let's get him out of there as quick as as we can. And and Marvel's approach, and again, you know, home run yeah. is let's make him as young as we possibly can, like freshman in high school. And like, you know, and, and, and this is who he is. Like he's high school kid, you know, period, like super young. So, you know, and, and they, oh. they got it right. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you got to stick with that. I mean, stick with that age and yeah, don't, we don't have to get him out of high school so fast. I mean, I never bought McGuire never hasn't looked like a high school. <laughs> yeah. Since, uh, I don't even know. Uh, Cider House? Cider House rules, man. Or maybe before that when he was in uh, Leo Leonardo DiCaprio's posse, you know, wearing mm. kimonos with no underwear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to the Homecoming movie next summer. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man's, of the marbles is probably always has always been my favorite marble character. Um, and a lot of that is mainly because I just didn't buy enough comics. Um, you know, didn't know enough about Iron Man, didn't know enough about Captain America, didn't buy enough of their books. And Spider-Man was the one that I kind of gravitated towards. So I've always liked Spider-Man and I've always wanted him to be, you know, I've always wanted that great Spider-Man movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, anyway, uh, Black Panther, I'll be honest, I don't know. Going into the movie, I didn't know a lot about Black Panther. I uh, didn't know his backstory. 
um, just knew just knew the name really, and just didn't know a whole lot about his about the uh, the character itself. But was really impressed with uh, you know, I mean, we obviously knew who it was early on, um, but I, I I enjoyed it. You know, Chadwick Boseman. Is there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I don't I don't think Jason Sudeikis could probably have played that role as good. Um, You're probably right. It would have been close. <laughs> everybody's, you know, yeah. everybody's pulling for a wisecracking Black Panther. So, That's right. well, I, just to kind of piggyback on that because that was my next note anyway. Um, I was going to get your all thoughts on those two characters, how they were introduced into the the um, cinematic universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because I, me personally, I I like how they handled Spider-Man's introduction um, with one exception. I, I don't, I don't understand. And maybe it's a deleted scene. I don't know how Tony knew who he was and how, how he found him and how he knew to go right to that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that. There was no explanation. And Tony just pops up at this house. Like I got, I got somebody. And then next thing you know, he's sitting in, in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that they didn't go into the backstory of it and they just let, let it roll. Um, but on the other end, I don't think that Black Panther is well enough known to where you could do that with him. Because I don't know that much about him. And I really like the character, but I don't know anything about him. And, like, when he jumped, I thought he was had the vibranium suit with the claws. And he was extremely acrobatic and good at guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I had no idea he had superhuman abilities until he, the movie. He, and then he jumps off onto the freeway and starts out running cars. Yeah, he doesn't. What the heck? He doesn't. And, yeah, uh, yeah there's a nitpick for you. <laughs> it's that whole scene is, uh, mm. he doesn't, okay. he's, yeah, he can't run fast. Neither can the winter soldier. And so it's like, yeah, why do you feel the need to do that? Um, so, and it kind of, it kind of cheapens Captain America's power set a little bit, I think yeah. to do that. Like, you know, and it makes to and it makes Bucky less interesting to me. Like you know, he's got his he's got his bionic arm, but the rest is just being hardcore, just an average human. Like he's just a normal human who is like you know in his head is like super assassin man. You know, just not to be trifled with. And but but why make him like why are, why are all these people running thirty forty miles an hour? What is going on? Like all three yeah. of them. Like what is happening? Like that's a that's a a ten lane freeway, so it's yeah. not like it's a backcountry road, you know, in the gravel with with Audis trying to navigate this thing. Like these cars are rolling and they're just running past. Yeah, them. everybody looks like the T one thousand out there. Like what? what yeah. What is, <laughs> what is going on? I did not care for that at all, and, and it's just like, well, so yeah. like, why not just throw Hawkeye in there too? And now he's running forty five, you know, fifty miles an hour. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like let's let's be a little more. Um, judicious and let's be a little more uh give ourselves oh man the word is gone <laughs> but let, let's let's be a little more disciplined with you yeah. know these powers and what each of them can do and like let's let's stick to it and, and marvel's really really good about that sort of thing but that i felt was loose man hmm. that's interesting because i i, I kind of when i got home did some wiki research on on Black Panther to see, like, how did he get his abilities or whatever? Mm-hmm. 
couldn't really get a definitive answer. So I guess that that's why. Yeah, he's he's not. He's he's got a suit and and that's it, as far as I've ever known. Hmm. And he, and he t- talks Panthers, to <laughs> running, the running Panthers. See the running Panther. And he's really that's what it that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, and he's really really smart and uh, and he's. And he talks to dead, dead people. He, th- th- those were his things, but yeah. Yeah, never, never like super strength or agility or speed or anything like that. Hmm. Bonus. Hmm. So, if we're talking Spider-Man introductions, there's I got two big things, and uh, so one of them being about his introduction. My my one big huge thought is what if. And that being, so everybody knew he was coming, right? Both of you all knew he was in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And, and so definitely all the nerds knew and have known from the very first second that they announced it, you know, the, the, the millisecond that it went on the internet that they announced that he was going to be in this. They, all the nerds knew all the geeks, all the Marvel geeks knew and were, you know, and so when, as soon as, as soon as you saw Queens, everybody knew you know, what, what was happening and where we were going and the, the impact was low. So my thought was what if they had tried to keep it a secret and not told a soul? Like, mm. Don't like, don't let it leak. Don't tell anybody. Cause they do, they do a good job of that when they try. Like, so what if they had managed and nobody knew, not me, that that scours like and find you know and sees all this stuff and every announcement and every leak and everything like that. What if they had tried to keep that secret? And um, I would just imagine that, like imagine that yeah. moment in the theater when Queens pops up on the screen. When Queen, yeah, and 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 you know the, the and uh, and then and then we we start seeing glimpses of like a backpack. And you know our red and blue backpack and and high school and just imagine the geeks in that in those theaters and, like and just the buzz that's starting to build and they have no they didn't know that he was and you know and because Marvel doesn't have the rights you know and, and like they would have never just even yeah. imagined and but you're seeing this and you saw Queens and you saw a kid in high school and then all of a sudden he goes in and then he says you know something about Aunt May and they just lose their flipping minds you know oh yeah it would have been like one of the yeah. <laughs> best experiences in a theater in my life to be in a yeah. theater and, and have, have that happen. Like, cause people would have lost the, like those crowds would have lost their minds. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and then, you know, the very next second, like uh Tony's in there. So you, you, you know, you get that scene of you connect him to the Marvel universe right there. And just, uh, I mean, it would have been bedlam in those theaters if they yeah. had tried to do that. And I was like, yeah. man, I would have loved to have seen them try at least. They didn't try because maybe they didn't think they could do it. Or maybe it was just about yeah, selling so. tickets. Yeah, it'd be some, yeah. Tight, be some tight cargo shorts in there. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, to me, you, you've you got to make that gamble. <laughs> even even if it, it, it costs you a few ticket sales on the first weekend because you know maybe a few people or so but you know it wouldn't it really wouldn't nah, i mean there's no, no way it would have affected ticket sales on that first weekend whether he's in yeah. it or not when you've got all these other people so it's like try man try to give people that experience uh because yeah. i would have just it seriously would have been the coolest like moment 
like something to seriously get excited about that you had no idea was coming and and just yeah. and just for the real hardcore geeks that were there on the first weekend to just see them explode. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. And I mean what and going forward what what could you do to even come close to equaling that? The only thing it would right. be X related. The only thing would be X-Men. Wolverine, related. right. Yeah. yeah. You're you're totally right, Ty. Like yeah, that was there is nothing left up the sleeve that would have equaled that like that yeah. was the crown jewel and and the way you yeah the way you rolled him out like that was your one chance and it was the movie's real cool and it but everybody knew it was coming so yeah um well, they knew it was coming they've been not, they've known what for a year um for whenever it was announced yeah. so yeah i, I see I, I, that would have been great it would have been a great surprise for everybody that saw it because I mean, how many how many times do you go to a movie and then, you know, you're always looking for the mm-hmm. subtle homage here and there or a tie-in to something else. But when did you when do you ever get floored by something, mm-hmm. some kind of a reveal? It just doesn't happen. I mean, yeah. you know. and going back to your hatred of Marvel trailer, Scott, um, <laughs> yeah. like we saw we saw him in the Tony Stark suit. Mm-hmm. For the first time in the trailer right like that was when we saw him first in the movie in that suit we saw it we already saw it in the trailer so it completely ruined everything yeah yeah any all all the reveals yeah they just they just threw away um and the other thing about the the way you introduce him is kind of like probably the biggest problem i have with the whole movie and that is like in this movie Tony Stark is Mr. Responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. And the responsibility he feels, and that's what the whole thing stems from and the conflict. And yet you're going to have him go to Queens and recruit this kid. Yeah. yeah. You're going to go recruit a high school freshman and drag him to Germany to fight superheroes. Right. It's like Captain America. Yeah. yeah. That makes no flipping sense at all like yeah. he's doing this be- he's doing this because he killed a kid like and the guilt he right. feels for it and and like indirectly he killed a kid and now he's gonna go pick this kid out and not tell his aunt and just take him to germany and have him fight you know superheroes for the first time and it's like give me a break man like that's that's way off like yeah I, that's the one thing in the whole movie that's just like not like that's 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 messed up like you all really like just kind of said, screw it on this one. Like, how do we get yeah. him in here? Oh, like this. And I heard, I heard, uh, one of the, either Marcus or McFeely, I don't know which one trying to explain it saying, Oh, well, you know, Tony really feels, um, uh, he, uh, he feels like this is, 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 um, his way he can make good because he got that other kid, killed and and but he can he can kind of like give this kid a helping hand or something <laughs> he's like what like what are you talking Help about <laughs> yeah. but and then but then he gets the like the sense of responsibility back after the fight's over by saying no you're done uh-huh why do you care yeah. again <laughs> right yeah yeah it was almost it was almost like okay let's see what you can do you've got 10 minutes mm-hmm. let's yeah. see what you can yeah. do oh okay yeah. well you're done yeah yeah, yeah that's a good point it's totally That's like we want him in the movie. Uh, so Tony's responsibility just completely goes away. Okay. We got him in the movie and he had his big scene and okay. It, now it's back and like, uh, yeah, all right, kid. Yeah. And just, you know, I'm, I'm responsible. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, no, I think good... I think we can all agree which uh, uh, the most attractive Aunt May is, though. Now, um, yes. yeah, nothing what, against what... Sally Field or the woman from the, the Raimi films, but <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> my We're... cousin, my cousin Benny. Yeah, where does it end? When how how hot is Aunt May gonna get? Like, you know, is is Kate Kate Upton next? Or, or... I say the same thing. Kate Upton as Aunt May in Homecoming. <laughs> like, yeah. we all read the books when we were kids, and Aunt May was little bitty frail old lady with a gray bun. <laughs> yeah, she looked like Norman Bates' mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Like when what? Like yeah, Marissa Tomei. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did it did it bother you all too that that Tony knew his powers and knew where to find him and and went right to him without any explanation of that, or is that just me nitpicking? That's another one of those things. It was, you know, like that. Just getting Spider-Man in the movie just seemed very like, ah, eh, just whatever it takes to, you know, because like that was that in that same little interview with the writer, he was like, yeah, Tony's been keeping track. You know, he he keeps track of of the world out there, and so <laughs> like that was that's his weak. explanation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. weak. Yeah, he's probably got a couple interns that are just watching YouTube, right? And, um, <laughs> yeah, so they're yeah they're, maybe so. Um, they're on the they're on the lookout for any YouTube videos that might have been created because, by some kind of mutant power. Because so. not to get too geeky, but if that's the case, if he's if he's keeping track of the world or whatever, then you know that means he also would know about that Daredevil's out there and that Luke Cage yeah. is out there and Jessica Jones is out there right, and like three right three adults, you know, that he could with no family ties that he could drag that are right him. down the street from Queens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay, and one of them is like, uh, it's indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and a grown man. So that might have been a better option for this fight, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you all stand with Spider-Man a little bit? Do you all prefer? I do. But what are y'all thoughts? Do you all prefer the cartridges, uh, Peter's cartridge, the the webs coming out of the wrists? I do. I do. Yeah. Because I mean, that was all. That was mm -hmm. always. That was the comic, and I just. I, I always liked the fact that Peter was so smart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Out yeah. how to make this super strong webbing, mm -hmm. and I mean, I can remember. I can remember the. You know, I can remember You know, hiding the little his web shooters. You know, that went around his wrists and come up into his. You know, gloves. I just remember. I remember seeing those pieces and thinking how antiquated they looked back mm. in the 70s or 80s when I got a reprinted origin comic of his. Mm. Um, but I, I like that. I mean, that was, I think that was a total Raimi uh, yeah. idea was, was the, uh, the, the webs actually coming out of his, out of his uh, wrists, which, mm. you know, I didn't hate. Right. But if you're going to do that, like, why does that make any sense whatsoever? Like if Remy was thinking, well, you know, more of a transformation to where like he's actually producing his own webbing. It's like, well, if that's the case, like, wouldn't it like come out of his butt or something like that? You know, like, why is wrists <laughs> yeah. like, well, that doesn't, that, that's not spider. Well, it, like, it, yeah. They don't, it doesn't come out of their legs at all. 
Right. <laughs> it might come out of his butt, though. I mean, think about it, though. You, I mean, you've already we don't got know no toilet paper, no toilet paper purchasing. That's true. But yeah, you're you're dead on it, Todd. It's like that's a that's an important like you know character uh, yeah. in, in device right there. Letting you you know that was all like you said like making the shooters and 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 uh, yeah the the actual webbing itself like that was a big deal and like what made Peter like was part of his character as much as anything that this kid is really smart. Yeah, because I mean you know Garfield what he. Um... He got some of he he found the he found the webbing or whatever at mm-hmm. Oscorp, right? So he didn't even yeah. know, he didn't even come up with it himself. He he found something and then somehow incorporated yeah. that into his web shoot. Like what 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 is wrong with people? Like yeah, there, no. there are fifty years of books. Like why do you have to? What do you, why are you changing things like that? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let Peter do something for himself. It's it's not believable to us that he could design something like that on his own. Like we can't make that leap of faith. Like he can have spider powers, but pff, he can't design webbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. He's not smart. He's just he's gifted, <laughs> but he's not smart. Um, one one last note on Spider-Man, at least for now. But um, another thing that I really liked in this one that I think the other ones have failed in um, is showing how freaky strong Spider-Man actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I love the part where Bucky's just been beating everybody to death with his arm <laughs> and he takes that swing yeah. and spider-man catches and he's like hey cool middle arm right yeah yeah and which was awesome that was nice. and that and that uh that tractor trailer flipping over on top of him and him catching it and like i, I don't think any of the other movies except for maybe spider-man 2 where he stopped the train um with, right i mean that was just brute strength but i don't think any of the other movies have showed how freaky strong spider-man is and i thought this one captured it pretty well and it adds to the it adds to the effect the visual effect the fact that he's so small right yeah makes it you know that much more impressive and makes it spider like the fact that you know he's just a kid he looks like an average kid like that that makes it you know in your mind is like that looks more impressive agreed yeah (laughs) yeah loved it okay um I think, and and you all please like jump on this if you don't agree with it, but I think my biggest problem, yours was like the the Spider-Man stuff, which I I agree with, but um, I think my biggest problem with the movie was I I didn't, like I kind of referenced earlier, I did not buy into Tony having this conflict Um, as much as he's like a couple points on Tony's conflict. His whole thing is um, that he thinks there need to be boundaries on on the on the Avengers, and that that they have to like he's suddenly got this sense of responsibility because uh, the woman said her son died in the um, uh, in Sokovia, and also because um, because Pepper Potts is kind of pressuring him that way, which she's done since the first movie, but. Uh, it, all of a sudden it, ma- it matters um so those two things are making him have a change of heart on on this whole thing and they need boundaries but i think a bigger point for me on that is if there were government re- uh, government regulations on the avengers and they had to approve or or 
or sign off on the missions, how would that have changed any of the catastrophes that had happened before? Like the whole thing with New York with the aliens mm-hmm. coming, I feel like the government would have sent the Avengers and the same exact thing would have happened. Or the Sokovia stuff, the same exact thing would have happened. <laughs> right, yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense to me like how that, like Tony would be like, what what difference is this going to make? Yeah, are you, are you going to give them, like, is that council going to be giving them live, like, play-by-play? Like, this is how you're going to solve this problem. Like, Right, yeah. Like, Yeah, that, this giant worm is going to come down here and crash into <laughs> these buildings, and this is what you're going to do to keep that. Like, nothing, nothing, What to me, I don't see how anything would have been different. So why, what's the point of it? It's pretty. You know that, you know that worm's name was Martha. <laughs> okay, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting it's getting too logical martin you know you can't you can't take it that, <laughs> that far <laughs> yeah and I, I mean it didn't like outrage me to the point of where like i was <laughs> right. sitting and i clutched my pearls and just like threw my drink on the ground and storm like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that big a deal but to me it was just like i didn't i wasn't buying tony mm-hmm. being that conflicted on it and i don't think he would have mm-hmm I think he would have been on on Cap's side totally on the whole thing because he'd been like, "Screw you all!" I, I, I don't, I don't think he would have been that guilt ridden because there's no way it's the first time a mom has called him a murderer, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think he would have bought into the government's gonna. We, we need these boundaries because what difference would it make? And real quickly on that thought, uh, just to just to go off on a tangent right here and completely derail you. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> they've. One problem that I've got with the movie and actually what the, not just this movie, a problem that I've got with what Marvel has done with um, Downey and Tony Stark over the course of like the past three movies that he's been in is they keep painting Tony slash Robert into a corner of having to be the most serious guy in the room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's like the most dour guy in it in the room in like the past three movies that he's in and the guy that's got the most responsibility on his, on his shoulders. And I guess some of that comes from the book because he's the futurist and he's got to see all these problems and things like that. But as far as the cinematic universe goes, like, man, that's pretty tough when you've got like one of the most enjoyable characters to watch that we've seen. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a once every 20 years type of character actor combo. Mm-hmm. And to me, like you've burnt like three of his appearances with making him be dour. And that's not even what Downey does really well. Like, it, yeah, like, they've handcuffed him. Yeah. They've handcuffed the character quite a bit. Yeah. So anyway, just, I, I've got a, I've got a problem with that and, and think they've they kind of missed, misstepped that on that yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you all aren't, are gonna uh, are gonna can I re- disagree? Can I rerail? Can I rerail us? Yeah, man. Quick? Um, all right. I, I agree with the uh, I agree with that take on on uh, on Tony Stark. I think uh, uh, I just I watched and you may ask why, but I did watch a little bit of Iron Man two the other day, and he was a he was a party animal mm-hmm. in Iron Man. Yeah, uh, and it seemed like when he. When he figured out how to get the um, the shrapnel out of his system, mm-hmm. it's like 
he was, you know, you know, what's the saying, you know, you're never more alive when you're this close to death. And it's almost like, okay, well, he got it all out of his system and then he turned boring. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, three. Uh, and, and let's, and the other thing is, you know, he's the one that is setting, he's setting a lot of these things in motion. It's, mm-hmm. it's his, you know, he's, he's, uh, he feels led to create this peacekeeping thing in Ultron. Um, you know, he's, you know, I mean, he, he's a big part of the reason that, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's the, he's the main reason for, for Ultron. Uh, he's, he's the main reason that we have these issues with the, uh, with the Tesseract and the first, you know, you know, going back and going into going from one to two and then two into three. Um, I mean, and you know, it's almost like everybody's following his lead and I mean, he, you know, Captain America's the, he's the captain, he's the, he's in charge, but you know, the Avengers go as Tony goes and he's the one that is uh, saying, okay, well, uh, you know, I saw a dead, you know, I saw a pile of dead bodies. So let's do this in space. Yeah, on a uh, space throne. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You don't see that too often. Yeah, it it is a tough, and maybe it's a no win situation because you know you 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 created this character who's like was so much fun, just like you said in those first two movies, the Iron Man movies, where he's a party man and he's he's fun and 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 he, and he just has to tackle some, you know moderate size problem and yet you want tony stark they want tony stark to be the crux and he is in the books like he he, for the past you know decade or so he's been that in the books he's the crux of like all the major stories at least you know if not solely then you know in, in, in equal measure so it's like how do you how do you make him like the crux of these big problems without you know making him more serious yeah so it's like they are in a tough spot it's like they want him to drive these stories and make the big decisions but you know and and so like how do you do that with keeping him the fun carefree low responsibility guy and so yeah that it's tough but man it it still ultimately feels like a waste that we're not seeing more of that tony stark that we saw early on well it's like he's Go ahead, it's like he's grown up. I mean, it's like he's, you mm-hmm. know, because he didn't have anything to worry about, but yeah. now he's got to worry about, oh, I'm going to lose Pepper or mm-hmm. Pepper's, you know, Pepper's left me or my parents have passed away or Alfre Woodard's, you know, busting my grapes <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got all this and he's having to deal with all that. And it's, um, it's a character arc that makes total sense. So, I mean, like here I am wanting yeah. to bust their chops for it, but like, so it's just, it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we want to see, we want to see Robert Downey mm-hmm. do it the way he does it the best. Do but, his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way they're writing the character makes it tough. Mm-hmm. Is it, do they, are they doing that? Um, do you know, or in your opinion, are they doing that in the books, making him that way because of the, how popular the first movie was with him and they kind of had to write him into more stories that way to get him in there. Yeah, it definitely, you know, jumped up after that first movie and, and like his, his popularity exploded. I, I, I don't remember the timeline well enough to remember like when the Illuminati was just to like, get ready, everybody get just get ready to go deep dive geek with me. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but 
like the the there was like a little group of like the five or six smartest people in the Marvel universe, and it, so it was like like all the big dogs, like Professor X and uh, Reed Richards and uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and uh, the Black Panther. I think that was them. There might have been one more, but that they were the Illuminati, and they made like all the big decisions behind the scenes. It came out, you know, like it was revealed that over all these years, like this this little group has been making all the big decisions, and you know, and they shot Hulk into space, um, and and made it, which caused the big uh, crossover storyline of, of World War Hulk and all and Planet Hulk and all that stuff. Like they decided to do that. They they put him in a rocket and shot him into space because it was like he's too dangerous to be here. Like those type of decisions. Mm. And I don't remember if if they were doing those sort of things before that first movie. I kind of feel like maybe they were. Um, that they had been, but de- it definitely ramped up even more so after like, you know, his popularity shoots through, through the roof. And, and probably the main thing you saw after those first couple of movies is his, uh, his, um, personality did start to match what you saw from Downey more in that he was more wisecracking because he wasn't, he was a party guy in the first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in early on in the books, I mean, um, because he, you know, he, he had the drinking problem and that was a big storyline. Uh, but you know, the, the more and more wisecracking to match kind of the Downey character, um, especially early on in those books. But he has been he, like, kind of like what you've seen from Downey in these past three or four movies is what he's been in the books for the, like the past 10 years or so. It's like, you know, mm. like I said, he's driving all these really, you know, serious things and, and, you know, in the civil war and all that stuff. And, and like, does he does some pretty reprehensible things in, in the books in civil war, like make, <laughs> he makes like, he uses like Thor's DNA to make like some type of Thor cyborg, uh, you know that yes. so Thor gets super pissed off about that, and like this Thor cyborg like kills a guy, like kills like Giant Man, and like all this stuff. Oh, so it's like, yeah, Tony does some like stuff like that in the books. That's like way beyond even what he's doing in the movies. Is that Ragnarok? Is that what? Yeah, I mean, we're getting way. I mean, I'm getting way off track now, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's him. Is that is that the, what the next movie is going to be about? Oh no no no. Uh, Ragnarok in the the title of the yeah the, the next Thor movie just being um, this cycle of the end of the world for those uh, at least this is what it is in the books they for a long time they had, they had a cycle where it would it would be the end of the world for those uh, Norse gods it was uh, Ragnarok and and later on you find out that it just keeps happening over and over like the, you know and, and it just starts fresh and, and, then, and then the end of the world and they all die and then they come back and and, and all these things mm-hmm. so that, that's what so it has i'm sure it'll, it won't match any of that but yeah it has something to do with just okay the end of the world is what ragnarok is it's armageddon for for norse mythology okay so basically, <laughs> basically at the end of the next thor movie um, uh, Patrick Duffy is going to come out of the shower at the very end. That would be amazing. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, all right, moving moving the movie along a little bit. Um, man, I I love Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. and that's my next note is how like he just like I I can't overstate how much 
that I love him <laughs> and everything. So, like everything I cracked up at everything he did um, in this, and, and, like everything he said, every, every joke landed, and I loved how he was so excited to to be part of it, to be with Captain America, and um, you know, riding on the on the hawkeye arrow and he called him arrow guy and all that stuff and like all that stuff just landed for me do you do you all love paul in this as much as me or go ahead todd yeah i really liked him i i I really liked ant-man uh for a couple reasons i liked it because i was able to take henry to see it uh (laughs) it was it was because he loves he loves marvel he loves all things marvel and that's one I could actually take him to see, and uh, and and it was very entertaining. And I, but uh, but he was yeah perfect, perfectly cast. I, I you know Rudd to me, um, he reminds me in, in in a few ways of of like a younger Downey, um, and and by that I mean you know just you know good looking guy, but he uh, you don't think of his looks. Uh, as much as you do his sense of humor and his delivery. And, you know, obviously uh, he's uh, not, he's more kind of a aw shucks as opposed to, you know, Tony's just this, you know, sardonic wit and just really, you know, everything that comes out, he's, you know, kind of rapid fire delivery and Rudd is, you know, to me, just the way he, you know, again, I love his delivery. Uh, but yeah, I, I and just love the fact that he was just in awe of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you know, the line, you know, the line there at the end, uh, where he's, you know, in the, the aquatic prison and somebody at, well, who are you? you know? mm-hmm. and it, so, he, you know, and he's, he's wanting to be in the same realm, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as these other guys and, and, you know, hopefully eventually get there, but it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I think he's perfectly cast in it and I, I can't wait to see the next, you know, the Ant-Man of the Wasp. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Ant-Man and Spider-Man were the money characters to, to write in this one because like, like, just like Todd said, they're the two guys with fresh eyes and, and mm-hmm. no baggage <laughs> And they get to be the two that can make all the jokes and, and, and have like low responsibility and just, you know, have the eyes of the audience where like, you know, they're the outsiders and can see all this craziness for what it is. So, you know, they definitely got all the best jokes because they could. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was, he was really good in it. And that was, you know, I talked about what a moment that Spider-Man reveal could have been like probably in my screening giant man got the geek the geek pop of the night yeah big time like wasn't even close like they lost their they went bananas man (laughs) when he when he turned into giant man (laughs) was did scott lang ever do any giant man stuff in the books or is that just for the movies I don't. I I honestly don't know. I I I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but because like it was mostly Pam, wasn't it? Man, there have been so many dudes. There's the dude that the the Thor cyborg killed, uh, a black guy. I don't remember his name, and like uh, it wasn't Martha, was it? (laughs) But. I think it was Bill something or other. But yeah, there there have been a ton of people who have been like they're just. 
Henry Pym has been so many people like like the Yellow Jacket and 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 Ant Man and Giant Man and like it's just crazy. I can't tr- keep track of who all's done what as far as that stuff goes. I wish I wish there'd been maybe one more really money exchange between uh, Iron Man and Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, I had that note as well. Like the only part of Ant Man I was disappointed with was that there mm-hmm. wasn't more interaction between. Because that's something that we had talked about earlier with the, with this thing coming out was mm-hmm. can't wait to see Rudd and and Robert Downey Jr. on the screen together. Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> only moment they got was the one that you mentioned, Todd, where uh, Ant Man tried to come in with the zinger and and right. And he's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and you're not. Yeah. Get, that's probably the best you're gonna get, too. Because I mean. When are you ever, when, like, you know, when are you going to get a chance to just have them, like, be goofy around each other? Like, not yeah. in space fighting Thanos. Like, you're not going to yeah. have big, I don't right. think you're going to have a lot of, you know, they're going to take time to have five minutes between Downey and and Yeah, that's a shame. Well, and I mean, I think it would be more, <clears throat> I think it'd be more interesting if it's just Scott and Tony, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't know, having some conversation about, you know, size or size matters or size, <laughs> right. whatever. I don't know. But I just think, I think that would probably be both of them out of their suits. Just yeah. Everybody, yeah. Everybody just got a peek at the, at the Todd Sheen Avengers three script, what it would look like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're going to call it a three. um okay another note that i had see what you guys think about this um i thought for me getting back to black widow a little bit that in that moment right after the airport scene um the air big airport showdown um she was probably became the most relatable character in the whole movie for me Mm -hmm. because she you could see her struggle in the whole conflict as to which side she should be on which is what I, the whole time i was watching the movie i was like i don't really know whose side i w- would want to be on or who i want to win if i want a winner and you could definitely tell with her character that she thought tony stark had a point but at the same time she saw you know exactly the way that i thought i exact i knew exactly where both these guys were coming from I think I think she knew when, when this all came to a head, and we all knew, you know, the, the sides were going to be formed. I think she knew that she, somebody had to be a Judas, and she she's the one that took it because somebody had to. Yeah. Uh, maybe they didn't know exactly how it was going to unfold, but there at the end, somebody needed to betray the other side to get him to get him buy him enough time where he can get to Siberia or wherever it is he's going. Right. And so, I mean, I think that was, I mean, she probably saw that as, you know, that was her snake moment mm-hmm. where she knew she had to do whatever to make it work at the end. You yeah. think she was setting that up from the beginning or do you think that was just a spur of the moment? This is what I, I have to do right now. I, well, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think it's, I think it could be either or I, I, mm. I guess I guess I'm I'm feeling that you know she she knew there's there's going to be some there's going to be betrayals and there's going to be some t- tough decisions and you know lie 
a, a bigger lie to say, you know, to save somebody's, to save lives or whatever. And I think, I don't know, for me, I think maybe, maybe she, like I said, she didn't know exactly how it was going to unfold, but maybe she knew, Hey, I'll, I'll be the, I'll be, you know, I'll be the Judas here. Somebody's going to have to, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that maybe she thought, okay, I'm going to betray Tony, but I'm going to have to do whatever's right down the road. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say now. Like that, I, I, I did. That was a nice character moment. It was one of the better ones in the in the film for her to make that decision. And and like you said, it was kind of like a moment of sanity and something that made sense. Uh, and I was glad that she got it. So uh-huh. yeah, so yeah, that was nice. And um, but th- that whole scene at the airport, like as good as it, it as it is, and like that's what I kept seeing on those early reviews was like one of the best you know action sequences in any superhero movie ever and i would probably agree with that like like that fight is just really good and it's 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 really tight um but it's and everybody got to show off a little bit uh-huh yes yeah, so i don't think they could have done that any better but at the same time that fight is really stupid isn't it like it's <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's really stupid and, yeah. and doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they're doing it. And like, it, you know, that first shots of them walking towards each other, and and then they're like, "So we're gonna fight," and like, and then they and then they decide, "Yeah, we're gonna fight." So then they start running at each other, yeah. so they can fight sooner or something. Right. right. <laughs> like so yeah. stupid. That that fight is just I mean, so stupid. But, I mean, right, I right now, fight is fight right now, right? Of- I think I saw it as a game of chicken that kind of went wrong. Yeah. Like they won't do this to, they won't fight us. And and both sides were thinking they won't do it. Like we're not backing down and they're not, and they're, they're going to, Uh and then maybe it just got to a point of where it was, you know, you got these, you got these huge egos with all these powers. And it's like, no, we're not backing down either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just know like if the three of us had superpowers, (laughs) And we we had a really strong disagreement. Like I don't care how strong it is, I'm probably not going to start wailing on you with my superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, mean, I, guess it would, I guess it would depend on what superpower you had. You know, like the, like the I don't know, like the feather duster or something. <laughs> you know. like, it, it would tickle tickle you. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, if so I was like in the mood for that, you know, <laughs> a good, a good old tickle. So, <laughs> um, I'm. I don't know if this is going to be controversial. If you all have any thoughts on him at all, but um, I'm going to just throw this out here right now. I don't like Vision in these movies. Mm. Yeah. So far, I don't. I don't think they've they've hit him yet because. In the books, I love him. He's he's, uh-huh. he's really interesting to me, and I, I don't I don't feel like they know how to they don't I don't feel like they know what to do with him yet. Yeah, it's kind of like you hear some writers talk about like like an actor will do something kind of improv, and then all of a sudden it'll click in their mind like oh that's how I write for them like or that's uh-huh. who that character is. Something will make it click, and I don't think like anybody's kind of got that click yet for him or something or 
or or they because this movie they they try to keep him at bay all the time yeah. and maybe that's just because they think he's too powerful or something to be kind of in the mix in that fight most of the time or 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 something like that but I like that he's you know he used to be like you know Iron Man's AI in the suit that he used to be Jarvis like it's interesting because my daughter didn't even remember that it's like I wonder how many people kind of like know. Did did they firmly establish that? Like, do people know? Uh-huh. Like, remember that? And, but yeah, I don't. It. I think you're right. I don't think they're using him to what to the extent that they could. And maybe that's just because, like, to maybe to do that and and get into as interesting as that character could be in the depth of it. And like, because a lot of the whole thing with the vision and the struggle is he's synthetic and he's he's artificial intelligence. But you know develops emotions and 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 is going through this whole process which is you know fascinating um you know and and like emotions and falling in love and like all these things and like who what am i um Mm -hmm. i guess you can't you know you really can't get into that sort of thing unless you gave him his own franchise really like two or three movies to tackle that sort of thing so if you and then if so if you don't tackle it what is he and is he yeah it just stays confusing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah my note was I don't like him, or at best I don't care about him. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a shame because I think they're on the edge of it. Like you know, having him in headquarters, like wearing a sweater, like, yeah, like that's like that's good stuff. Like you you know, yeah. but but yeah. You, but you don't quite like hit it. Like it's right there, but you don't you know you, you for some reason it does it just doesn't connect and, and or, or in some way and. Um, they were trying to do stuff with him and the Scarlet Witch and set things up there, but you know that stuff didn't quite seem to connect either. So I don't know what's going wrong there, but I see what you're saying. Um, and I don't feel like they've ever like one thing that would make him more interesting and cool is like his powers are really really cool, but like in uh, Ultron, you didn't, they didn't ever really clearly ever show you what those were like no you kind of had to have a real sharp eye to know that he could change his density and walk like in that movie because i think like one time he kind of reaches in one and like pulls its like heart out or whatever and like you really had to be paying attention to like notice what he did Uh and and, like that that's one thing that like joss wasn't really good at like nobody's as good as at at, uh, like kind of making a character's powers look cool as brian singer is yeah like Brian Singer was always the guy that that like really paid attention to that stuff and established people's powers in the coolest way possible. And like, like because Quicksilver, like that was the 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 movie out of that was the scene out of that movie that everybody walked away from. Right. And that character is nothing in that movie. It's because yeah. you did one cool scene with his powers, and then everybody loves Quicksilver. So yeah. maybe you could do the same. Like I feel like you could have done the same thing with Vision. Like if you gave him one real cool, like made his powers as cool as they really are and look and, you know, come up with some application that shows how cool they can be. Then all of a sudden you give him character like, and, and make people think, man, that guy, the guy's cool just because, you know, of something he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes total sense. I, I think he should have, I think he should have uh, stopped Rhodey from crashing myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He should. I mean, he could have gotten to him. Yeah, yeah. But I, the you that, know. that was pretty hardcore, right? 
like the the just yeah. the, the free fall and like the wide shot and you see him hit the ground i was like dang on yeah yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, like a with a cloud, like he thudded the ground. Yeah, like yeah. that dude is dead, right? I mean, there's right. no way he was not dead. Yeah, taking well, a free fall in a big metal suit like that. Well, imagine, imagine if you were in one of these smart cars, mm-hmm. and yeah. right, and so take a smart car and subtract it by seventy five percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would. I would. I would take my chances in an actual smart car before I would in, in an Iron Man suit. Just get. Yeah. 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 Falling off the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So getting kind of towards the end, did you all, did you all like the swerve at the end where you thought, or you? I guess, I think you were supposed to think that <laughs> that uh, Bucky and cap we're going to fight these um all these other winter soldiers and then iron man was going to join them and this was going to be like them coming together and fighting these winter soldiers and then they it turns out that's not what happened at all did you all like that or what'd you think about it my word would be relieved okay because <laughs> i didn't think that they would do that just because the way like they never set those guys up like you know it was yeah. all ever like all five of them like very clearly looked like extras you know it's like and it's like i can't see like a final fight with these guys because they just don't look like anybody and like there's just yeah it's like i'm like so when you're getting closer and closer to it i'm just sitting there th- thinking I don't think they're going to do this, but man, I really hope they don't because that's going to be yeah. awful. Um, <laughs> but the way, yeah, the swerve and what they chose to do with it and Zemo was really interesting and I did like it. I like mm-hmm. the main thing I took away was I like Zemo and his, and his uh, motivation. And then it was advanced and compelling and something you hadn't really, yeah. yeah, it was, it, you hadn't really seen in one of these movies. And, and so to make it so simple and kind of character driven and, um, and not some big, you know, knockout fight at the end. You know, I I dug that and and liked what they did with him. Yeah, I liked the, um, and I, I did see that. That's one thing I caught early on was when I, you know, when I was when he was first listening to the, the recording. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is an old recording. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a voicemail that he kept because something something happened to the kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I did not catch that instantly. I didn't either. It made total well, sense mean, later, but yeah, I, I didn't catch it right off. I mean, I, I can say I did, even if I didn't. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Right. So, but no, I did get it. I did get it. I guess, I guess because I, I saw it, I saw it in another, I saw it in another film, and it hasn't been that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, I just kind of thought to myself, mm-hmm. eh, that seems kind of. I like the fact that it was more of a personal, is that personal vendetta? It was just one man mm-hmm. that was lost. Because uh, yeah. And he's not trying to take over the world and, you know, huh. like, like, so yeah. And he's not a threat to the world, which is nice in any of these, you know, Avengers level right. movies with that many characters where they're not having to, you know, save the entire world actually, like even if they thought they were, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me that, that, that the other super soldiers didn't go anywhere. The fact that, you know, one of them looked like Martin Cove's stand in. Yeah. And then the other one might have been Jane Lynch's stand in yeah. <laughs> from the back. 
And the last uh, thing we needed was, you know, five more dudes that can run 50 miles an hour. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think all of us are kind of on that same page that we're relieved that that's not how they, how they ended it. <clears throat> I think we all like it. I think the only problem I had, maybe you all can talk me out of this. I think the only problem I had with the, with uh, the, the Colonel Zemo plan was how, how well it all worked and seemed like he didn't have any hiccups in it. Like, yeah, Iron Man. How did he know Iron Man was going to show up there at that time? <laughs> yeah. Showing that video of his That's parents true. getting killed by Buck. Like true. that. That part of it kind of bothered me. It was like it just. And I think because that was what bothered me also about Superman versus Batman. One of the thousand things that bothered me was like, how did they know that that timing was going to work out that perfectly to where you could have this showdown? Right. Yeah. That that makes total sense. Like, how's you know, like it, it wasn't going to just be. Captain America and Bucky that show up, and then what? Exactly. Yeah, and then you show him that video, and Kevin's <laughs> like, yeah, I figured that was the case. Let's not tell Tony about this. <laughs> yeah. And now let's go kill Zemo. Yeah, and, and and Tony flips out probably a little too much, doesn't he? Like, trying to kill, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Like I've never, nobody's ever shown me a video of them murdering my parents. So right. I don't know. Maybe especially your mom. He didn't care for his dad at all. But yeah, he didn't. Yeah. But I was. That was what I was upset about. I was like, "You killed John Slattery, then yeah. we gotta, <laughs> we got to go." Bucky's got to pay. <laughs> That's right. And I'm sorry, but in in 1991 mm-hmm. or any other year, there's no chance. Howard Stark is driving. It looks like a 1970 <laughs> right. Continental, yeah. <laughs> a $700 Buick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is there's true. No, there's no chance. Yeah. So, so he's trying to he's trying to get people off his trail by by driving, you know, you know, a, a, a 25 year old model car. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I don't know. So what what were what were in the the blue vials that that Howard had? I mean, in the in the blood packs, like what what was that? Do we know? That was a super serum, wasn't it? The super. That's what I was assuming was it was more super serum that he created. His take on his take on the super serum that what's his face Stanley Tucci. Yeah, that was yeah that was my thinking too that that's what it had to be was but I mean they really they really expect you to come up with that on your own right? Cause... It was made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, he said that's what they were using to pump into the the five. Uh, that's what they used to pump into the five people to make them winter soldiers. So, but where was he going with it? And like, what you know? Yeah. Why did he why yeah. did he have it in his trunk? And what was going on there? Right. Yeah, that's true. Why was he on that dark back road with that stuff? Yeah. In a thirty-year-old car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure they. You know, maybe we'll learn later what was going on because. Yeah, I don't know. That could have been another deleted scene too. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, kind of wrapping it up, I guess, a little bit. Um, was I, I think I was maybe I had I had been set up, um, and a little bit was I think Scott, you and I talked about how we were kind of preparing for this to be Captain America's last film, so probably he was going to die in it. I think I was kind of being set up for that, and. Like the whole movie, I kind of felt like we were being set up for some huge catastrophe and in a sort of macabre kind of way, it was a little disappointing to me that like at the end when the smoke cleared, 
there wasn't really anything major that happened other than like Tony and Cap are kind of on the same page again because he's got they got the Secret Avengers or whatever, but nothing nothing major catastrophically happened as a result of this civil war. Were you all, did you all have any kind of reaction to that? Or are you cool with the way things played out? Um, I think I wanted a bigger ending than what I got. Yeah. A bigger result. Yeah. I think the only way to get that ending is for Cap to get shot in the end. Right. Mm -hmm, Probably. Um, Or Tony to die because the shield went into his, yeah. <laughs> yeah, geez, that was um because you know, in in the books uh Tony does kind of indirectly get Captain America killed, but it turns it turns out hang on folks for this one. It turns out that Captain America was actually shot with a time bullet. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Made of unobtainium. <laughs> So uh, he he didn't actually die. So they talk about that a little bit. The writers did, and I, that was part of the interview that I saw. It was like, you know, we 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 didn't want to kill him because we knew we were going to use him in the future, and and you didn't want to hit him with a time bullet and have him come back. You know, like like all that stuff wouldn't wouldn't work. And um, but they said, um, like one thing is that they they he said they feel like at this point. Um, because they they'd already killed, they didn't want to do that with Cap, like kill him and bring him back. They they did that in the very last movie with Nick Fury, killed him and you know and brought him back, and like so it's like you do, you can't do that with somebody, and they felt like at this point he said they feel like killing somebody, especially in in these comic book movies, like the the audience is so. Uh, adjusted to them coming back that, that it takes any weight away so they, they feel like doing something like they did to Rhodes um, actually carries a lot more weight and has a bigger impact like seriously injuring somebody than, hmm. than killing them because they, they feel like the, the audience feel, feels like eh, they're just going to bring them back and so it, it doesn't carry any weight with audiences So yeah. and, and I can see where they're coming from yeah, I can see that. I think it might be impactful if, like, at the end of all these movies, that, like, even at this one, at the end of this one, it was like Spider Man will return. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been impactful if they were like, if they killed him and Captain America will not return or whatever at the end of it. In a little, <laughs> yeah. little <screenshot laughs> there is no chance he's coming back, folks. Right? Yeah. Um, I, one it, interesting thing on on that note, um, talking about like killing him and, and and like because we said you know this might be it for him because he, he dies in that one and it, and it would make sense or at least that he would definitely die in infinity wars if he doesn't die here <laughs> like we were we were both pretty much counting on the fact like if he's not dying in this one he's dying in that one for sure right but right. All, all of a sudden like I mean, because Evans was even talking about, like, you know, my contract's up and I want to go direct movies. And, you know, uh-huh. he was pretty much saying that. And, and Downey was saying, yeah, well, I'm almost done. And, and, you know, unless all of a sudden their tone is changing, like both of them sure. and Hemsworth. And like now, like what Evans is putting out there is like, like the past two times he's commented on it is ba- he's basically said, yeah, let's keep this going as long as we can. I was like, wow. Like that's a big change, and yeah, like, and like 
and that's a kind of amazing and like and, and Downey's been a lot more open to it and he's kind of like movie by movie and huh. and but definitely open to doing stuff and he even like you know gave a little yeah maybe I could see doing a, a fourth Iron Man so I was like wow like these guys you know have really changed their tune on what they're willing to do is like so like how long is this gonna last and it's starting yeah. to sound like a lot longer than I ever imagined it would I yeah think- that's a way different tone than what I remember mm-hmm. Chris Evans the last thing I heard from him was almost like I regret doing the <laughs> yeah couple of them that I've already done wish I could have got out of those I think Robert Downey Jr. said that he would do Iron Man 4 if Mel Gibson would direct it. <laughs> he did say that at one point. Is yeah. that real? I think so. And yeah. I think he also said after that that huh. he wanted Paula Dean to play Pepper Potts. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Hold on. That part. But, yeah, he did uh, say that a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see a, an Iron Man four if it's going to be more in the spirit of the first. Yeah, and the that, third, just you know, he wasn't in the suit. He was mm-hmm. just, and I, I don't mm-hmm. mind that. But it just, I mean, you want to see him in the suit. Yeah, that's probably not not in the Avengers kind of right. Yeah, that's probably the only time they could do it. Right to to get him back into the mode that we that we were talking about mm-hmm. that we would like to see him doing like that that's that's the only way you could do it is to give him his own solo film again with where the stakes are are lower and all these other characters aren't in it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then as far as um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, what Evans is Evans was signed for six movies, right? And this was his fifth. So, I think so. I mean, you know, it could change, I guess, but to me, we got to lose somebody at the end of Infinity War Part One, right? That's to me, it's like there's, you know, the battle begins and you you end on that cliffhanger of one of one of your big leaders is mm-hmm. maybe gone, and we're, you know, we're just we're at the we're at the end of our rope. We we can't we can't defeat this mm-hmm. being we can't come back from it and then you have to have that arc in the second chapter which is going to you know take them from at the end of the rope to where they you know turn it around 180 degrees and actually emerge victorious yeah because I think you almost you almost have to have you almost have to have one of the one of the mm-hmm. two bigs maybe bite it or maybe you know maybe not one of maybe not iron man or or captain america but one somebody i think of the big of four some, the big four between yeah. them and hulk and thor um, yeah yeah you're 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 right it it definitely seems like somebody has to die in those infinity war movies um I think in the books, okay, in in those that first series of books, they all die. Like literally, every single hero dies, except maybe uh, the Silver Surfer, who they don't have the rights to. But um, you know, and, and, and that's a, why he doesn't die because they don't have the rights. In in the last last ditch, like bid at the very end, he manages to to snatch away something, and then and then so the, like is able to use this device to set everything back the way it was so everybody comes back to life so like they all die and then they all get brought back by this thing that they were fighting in the first place so maybe they'll do something like that i don't know but um 
Yeah, I mean, it almost seemed like they were setting that stuff up too, like like you guys are talking about, like in, even in the books, like a year and a half, two years ago, when all these guys are talking about, all these actors are talking about, yeah, we're we're almost done, and like that's at the same time, like all of a sudden they start doing these things in the books of making uh, Thor loses the hammer and and a and a girl gets it, so now there's a female Thor. Uh, Captain America loses his serum and and turns into an old man and and the Falcon becomes Captain America, um, and and there was there were like one or two other things like that where they're they're changing the identity identity of these heroes. It's like almost like you just like setting it up for you know the the next round of movies like after these dudes are done. So, um, so it, it definitely gave some more you know like kind of evidence of that like where they're headed for that but uh you know now i don't, I don't know what they're gonna do yeah um why is it because of the i mean i think i i read somewhere after i watched the movie um that it's because the thor ragnarok movie is taking place in the same time as frame as this one but why weren't is that why they weren't in this one I believe so. Like the, the, that's kind of what people have been hinting, hinting around at. Um, yeah, that, that that those two, you're gonna find out that they've been off planet or something. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that that's why they weren't. Or Asgard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Where was? It seems like with all the government stuff going on, Nick Fury would have had a prominent role in this one, and I was yeah. confused as to why he wasn't involved. Yeah. I don't know that they like that. There's a good reason for that, other than just like you know, Capital One. Like it's just another character to fit in, and and how do we use him, and what would his role yeah. be, and um, he he's, yeah. They Feige did definitely did say he's gonna be in. He was gonna play a part in one soon. I can't remember if he. I don't think Thor. Um, but maybe so maybe Doctor Strange, but he was gonna be in in one coming up soon. Fury was. Yeah, it seemed like he he would have interjected at some it point. Definitely, or yeah. He could have been behind Agent Carter, given given all the intel to Captain America or whatever. Like um, even more this one than Ultron. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, I guess that as far as the movie goes, that we've gone all the way through it pretty much. Did you all? I had a couple of little uh, Easter eggs that I found that oh. I was gonna Ooh. sort of bring up. Did you all have any little Easter eggs that you found? I, and I wasn't. I wasn't really watching it with. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have my my Easter egg peepers on during that one. I wasn't really like scanning for that stuff. So I'll be interested to hear what you saw. I only had two and they're not, they're not that great. So don't get your, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> but uh, did you, did you see anything Todd that kind of was like, I that's, did, that's sort of an outside reference. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I was pulled into it. I mean, I was, I was kind of keeping. Uh Oh, are either of you still there? One of them, and and you all may have noticed this, and then like, all right, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. 
for some reason I just lost both of you for probably the last 15 seconds so okay uh rewind it a little bit okay Todd you were saying that you didn't you weren't really looking for him for the for any uh yeah I was kind of yeah I got pulled into it so I didn't I was like I said I was trying to trying to keep an ear out uh and an eye just for you know things that might pop up like that uh, but but then just you know got so pulled into it that I just I, I wasn't able to scour what I would normally do. Yeah, I do actually remember leaning over to uh, to Sophie a couple of times and telling her. So maybe maybe I did notice a couple things. Um, the, you remember what they were? The raft was one. I told her what the raft was, but there mm-hmm. was, there was another one that was was more hidden than that that I, that I felt like I was really giving her the dish on, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> well, you all may have noticed these, and and you may be like, oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> that's great. Um, the first one was, uh, and I really really liked it was when um, Cap just got the crap kicked out of him. And stood up and said, uh, right. I could do this all day, which was a throwback to the very first Captain America movie when he was getting beat up in the back alley mm-hmm. by the by the bully. And, and the, the guy was like, you just don't quit, do you? And he's like, I could do this all day. So I thought that was kind of a cool little throwback. Um, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Yeah, yeah, definitely bringing it all the way back around. Right, yeah. And um, the other one was, uh, and this is a deep pool, but so if you all made this connection, then I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to feel good about myself. But... Um, when Hawkeye, when they were in the, in the, in the jail, in the, um, the nautical jail, um, and Hawkeye started, kept calling him the futurist, kept mm-hmm. calling Tony Stark, the futurist. Do you all remember that Robert Downey Jr. put out an, an album like, like 10 years ago called the futurist <laughs> and it was pretty awful. I did not know that. No. Ten years ago, wow, that would have been right before Iron Man, then, right? It was. I, I I'm pretty sure it was ten years ago. Let me. And I checked it to make sure that I wasn't just making that up. Um, when I got home, I was like, I know he did something called the future, the futurist, or something similar to it. Um. But that has to be a dig at that, right? Like that can't be. Yeah, it could be a little bit of both. I mean, if nothing else, it's a crazy coincidence because the books. Yeah. <laughs> The books constantly refer to Tony Stark as a futurist, and he refers to himself oh, really? as a futurist. So, yeah. Let's see. Here's the Wikipedia page for the futurist. November in 2004 is when it came out. Oh, okay. And the genre is jazz and folk. <laughs> but of course. But, like, the futurist was a song on there, and it was pretty terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad neither one of y'all caught that. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I definitely did not know that. Um, I'm a pass. All right, so so who is last? Two more really quick things. Who is your all's at this point favorite and least favorite character in the in the cinematic universe? Mm. Wow. Todd, you I'll, I'll go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Time to think about it. Um, but probably my least favorite, I kind of hinted at it earlier, is Vision, just mm-hmm. because he's confusing to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not invested in him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's probably my least favorite. I think probably my favorite would be I go back and forth, but probably at this point it's going to be Iron Man. And it's 100% because of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, the one I go back and forth with is also probably Black Widow. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of depth to that character that they've done a pretty good job. I'm, I'm telling you, man, Winter Soldier that movie is for for one thing it holds up mm-hmm. whereas a lot of them don't and like the the character development they did on on Steve Rogers and Black Widow and Nick Fury all one like that movie made all three characters like that and that's it's amazing what it did for all three characters like Nick Fury was probably maybe at the bottom of my list going into yeah. that movie. Like, I mean, cause Sam Jackson would show up and phone it in on these movies. Yeah. yeah. Nick Fury yeah. was a garbage character and, and just had no personality whatsoever. And like, but you know, apparently like he got that script and he, you know, he felt it a little bit. I was like, okay, now there's yeah. something I can work with. And I'm like, it made him interesting. And, um, same thing with widows. Like it, it just did, it, it took all three characters miles. And, um, so on your original question, um, yeah, which one do I like best? Maybe maybe Iron Man, like you said, just because of, of Downey. But you know, it, he his whereas he was in the lead by ten miles, now it's mm-hmm. it's greatly shrunk just because of what they've had to do with the character. Like I said, over the past three or four, because everything that I love about him, we haven't really get got to see him uh, gotten to see him right. do. Um, but you know he's probably he's probably still there. But man, you know Spider Man is gonna make a challenge. You know I definitely think he's yeah I think he's gonna be in the running. It's just too small a window right now. Mm-hmm. I think Winter Soldier is really cool too. Like as like a at one of the B level guys. Like as far as like the secondary group. Like like it's just a cool character. Um, mm-hmm. But let's see least favorite. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm up, I'm with you on on Black Widow too. She's way up there. So least favorite, uh, Todd. Do you have one while I'm hemming and hawing? Of my least favorite, or, or just my, both? My yeah. Both. Yeah. Um. Well, Spider Man's always been my favorite Marvel character, comics, and and you know just the thought of that character. Um. But Iron Man is. You know, Iron Man with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. Anybody else that played him, I don't know that I would even say Iron Man. So hmm. that's basically it's just based on Robert Downey Jr. But I, I one that I think could possibly get up to that level, depending on what happens, is Peter Quill, because um, I think because I, I I like Pratt, and I think hmm. if if that character expands you know, beyond what it is right now. Cause I mean, you know, he, I thought he did a really good job in the first one. He was, yeah. but I, but there's also, you know, there's that, there's that emotional attachment to the mother and all that stuff. It was, you know, had some pulled some heartstrings and stuff like that. I think he could definitely get close to that top spot for me. Um, so yeah, I would say probably right now it's, it's, you know, it's probably Iron Man, Spider-Man, Peter Quill. 
uh, and then least favorite. Um, I, I'd like to like Thor more than I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I think, yeah. I, you know, he, he's physical specimen, and I like I like that he looks like Thor. But I get, you know, and, and it, there's been glimpses of, of, you know, some of the some of the stuff that I've seen of him, you know, like especially in Ultron, I, I've really liked. Um, yeah. But he's, you know, I, I, I'd like to see more because he's, you know, as big as a character as he is, I would like to see, I would like to enjoy watching him more, uh, you know, just full on. I'd like to, I'd like to feel the same way about Thor that I feel about yeah, Iron Man. They need a. They do need a better creative teams on the Thor movies. Like, yeah, I don't feel like they've you know quite gotten. Yeah, like you said, the home run out of him. Like they did. Like he needs his Winter Soldier movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right. And I think I think they could do it. I mean, it's just, they just got to get the right mm-hmm. team in there. All right, I've got my. Oh, and you know, talking about kind of wasting. Robert Downey Jr. over the past three or four movies, Tom Hiddleston, man, as Loki, yeah. like that character is so good, or and and what it could be, yeah. Like I can see that character leading its own movie, like having a Loki movie, yeah, yeah, and it being fascinating, and like that would be so cool as to you know, like like that's what makes a good villain, man, is is when he's not when it's not black and white, you know, and, and like yeah. maybe he does, he, you know, and the fact that in that last movie that he did like help Thor, but he was like, you know, so he was kind of good, kind of bad. Like, like he's really interesting. And if, if they really put some more effort into him, like I wish they could just get one good standalone Loki movie. And it was all, and like they just put everything into that script. It could be so good. He, he's uh-huh. man. Hiddleston is so good. Um, so I wish they would do that, but anyway, so let least favorite, I'm going to go, are you ready for it? I'm going to go roadie. I'm going to go the war machine roadie. Um, oh, Terrence Howard or, uh, Cheadle Cheadle. Like, I think honestly, like, here's the funny thing. Like, I think, uh, I like Cheadle more as a, like, he seems like a better dude. But you know he's funnier and he's a better actor, I think. But uh-huh. like as you know, if I've got to say who's done better, who's made that character more entertaining, I gotta go uh, with Terrence Howard. Honestly, the very first yeah. version of him, like, and the the chemistry that those two had together, like it was just better. Yeah. And to me, Rhodes is just kind of flat, you know, in those movies. Yeah. Like, like I kind of like uh, Falcon kind of feels like what they wanted Rhodes to be for for Downey, but it just hasn't hit, and he and he, he's just like there's just nothing going on really, and I don't, yeah, you know, he, he's just kind of a nothing there. He's just kind of taking yeah. up space to me, which is a shame because uh, Cheadle is so good. Like that's another one that I don't feel like they've they've it's clicked with writers yet of like what they can do with him and who is this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's, and not, he's had opportunities. I feel like yeah, like chance has been there to shine and and it just did it and clicked. Yeah, and he just kind of showed up in Ultron at the end, and then in this one, you know, yeah, he's there, and then all of a sudden he's you know he's he's broken, and then you get him in the end, and like yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. Well, um, okay. So we were talking about ranking, ranking our, our Marvel films. Um, where would you put this one and which ones are better than this one in your all's opinions? And I can go first on this one too, if you want, but if you all have it in your head, go ahead. I can give you the top three. Okay. And in no particular order. Um, but if, if forced to, I can, I can, I can, I can rank them. But, uh, so top three in no particular order right now, first Iron Man, Mm -hmm. Winter Soldier and Guardians. That's going to be my top three. So this one be fourth. Fourth is probably going to be between this one and the first Avengers, and you know the every time I see that, that Avengers, it it irks me a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've got a feeling that this one's going to be probably more rewatchable for me. Um, it's going to hold up better. So yeah, I'm I'm guessing that this one's going to take uh, the fourth spot. Yeah, yeah. And if I have to rank them right now, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go Winter Soldier. I just I just watched it, so it's fresh for me. But I'll I'll put it in yeah. the top spot. I'll put I'm, Iron Man. I'm two. interested in this because those would be my top four. So okay. I'm interested to see how you put them to see how simple. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I could, I could flip flop Winter Soldier and Iron Man at any time possibly. But I'll go Winter Soldier and because man, like I watched it just again. You know, it's probably for the fourth time, and and I was like. You know, it's like this thing really holds up. Like, I don't feel like it's going to, you know, start slipping. I feel like it's just going to stay strong and, and like always be able to rewatch it. Like, this is just solid, solid movie making right here. Um, so I'm going to go Winter Soldier number one. I'll go Iron Man two and Guardians three. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. You go, Martin. Um, like I said, same top four. I would the only thing I would flip flop would be for me if it would be Guardians and Iron Man. I got Winter Soldier one, then I like probably Guardians two, Iron Man three, and Civil War four. Okay. And Civil War gets fourth, pretty much on the merits of um, like the action sequences are pretty awesome, and it's Spider Spider Man was cool. Yeah. That put it over the top from the ones that it would be tied with. Yeah. I'm going to probably go Iron Man 1. First Iron Man in one position. Um, And then I'm... (laughs) To make it really difficult. um, And I'm probably going to go... I'm going to probably go Civil War. Or not Civil War, but uh, Winter Soldiers 2. And then I will probably go. Um, I'll probably go Guardians three simply because I just. I mean, I really enjoy Guardians. I don't think anybody expected it to be, um, or have have that lasting power. And I mean, you know, it's it's a good action movie and it's a it's a great comedy. Mm-hmm. It's got so much humor in it. Uh, so I'd probably I'll probably go with that three, and I'll probably go with. Um, uh, Civil War four, because uh, I, I you know I, I like the Avengers, but uh, man, it, it's just it's it's almost a case of there's just too much, and they're just trying to you know there's too much in those movies to have a 
you know, it's, it'd be nice to have a simple, coherent story. And you can't do that with an event in, a, in an Avengers movie. It can't be simple. It's got to be mm-hmm. bigger and louder and everything. So. Yeah, you're really competing to give everybody time, and it's really difficult. And I love Joss, but like when I make lists, it's all about does it hold up and what's mm-hmm. the rewatchability. Right. And <laughs> I love Joss and what he did, and it was amazing that he was man, he managed to pull off that Avengers. But man, those things. They uh, they don't hold up to me. They you know, and there's there's a lot of goofy, <laughs> a lot of goofy stuff, yeah. and goofy lines that there's there's just they're way they're they're cringe moments. You know, the uh, the Justice Two movie have a lot of cringe moments for me. So and 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 those others don't have any really, unless it's, unless it's uh, unless it's Downey, you know. Yeah. Um, Guardians, the only thing that keeps, you know, it keeps it down compared to those others for me is uh, budget. Um, everything on the Nova Core planet, whatever that planet is called, looks so cheap. And it's like that whole, <laughs> it's like that whole planet is one city and a very small city. Yeah. Like you know, like it, like the downtown section of a, of a, like it's like, I don't know, like Indianapolis or Louisville or something. And it's like yeah. just like this <laughs> is the the whole planet is this one city, and it just looks so cheap and green screened. And it's like sometimes I wish Marvel would start, you know, like dudes, you all have got the cash, man. Like it's start, it's time to like loosen those purse strings a little bit. Like I know you're all's <laughs> profits are sky high, and it probably doesn't oh. matter, but. You know, come on, man. Was his budget for that lower than? It's it's Mar- it's hard to know because Marvel keeps yeah. the uh, budgets under wraps. Like like uh, they they put that on the on the uh, it's part of their absolutely don't divulge. Um, so you you have to question any numbers that you see out there. But so it's hard to know. Yeah. I'd say it was pretty like low, would... just just based on James Gunn's uh, yeah. track track record. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's done he's done low budget after low budget. I, right. mean, I don't I don't know what his biggest budget film's been, but I, I can only imagine that it was as low as any any of the Marvels. Yeah, they they bit off a lot on that one, but like I. I couldn't tell you right now. I did see like what the numbers for Iron Man, like, cause they had a whole business plan and I've read that about like, we're going to spend this much on this, like, especially starting with the first Iron Man where like, this is our number that we're going to make movies for under. And like, especially those first several movies were all kind of like had, had that certain number. And, um, and, uh, the I think Pearl Mother was his guy because the, they the guy that was in charge of books was actually involved with studios at the time for the you know just until like la, like last year or two, and then they and then like you know Feige basically became the big dog and was like yeah I don't want to deal with him anymore and so Disney was like yeah yeah he's out of there like you you're you know, you know like so they they did they they chucked him out of studios and and so he's kind of more autonomous and so i think that changed with some of how cheap they were being especially on talent which probably also affected like some of these guys willingness to to make more movies 
because um, really Downey was the only guy with only one of them that was getting paid there for a long time for you know the past few movies and he was making astronomical money on the back end um so i did i do think they they started paying their actors better well do you guys have anything else or you all ready to wrap it up my my laptop says five percent so i think it's i think that's a sign i got about five percent left in me personally (laughs) My my iPad said, you know what's funny? My iPad said five percent about three minutes ago. All right. Uh, maybe maybe just give a give everybody a little a little preview of what they can expect on the pod if this is going to be a first our first episode. Then. Yeah, um, I can do it. You all can jump in, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna. Um, we are three guys from central Kentucky who have been um, in love with movies for our entire lives and have actually made a few independent films on our own. And, um, you know, we're just hoping to bring you guys into our world a little bit and have some honest conversation about uh, what it is to make independent films while we do it. Um, And then, you know, when, when stuff like this comes up that we all really enjoy and love to talk about, we may just talk, about it uh and record it and let you all listen in on it so um you know as a general overview i think that's what it is 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 that is that pretty close yeah i think i think if if i was going to add something i'm going to say when we talk we talk hard we talk hard yeah I think they can expect lots of lots of movie talk, like like we just did, and and you know ranking things, like you said, we're gonna we'll have lists and we'll have you know just I think it's like hopefully it'll feel like you're in a room full of your buddies talking about movies that you like and that sort of thing, and uh, you know we'll, we'll probably play some stupid games and right, um, you know we might Danny, Danny O'Day may show up, you never know. N- no topic is off limits, so we'll just talk a little bit of everything, but. Uh, and um we might even do some little sketches on here who knows some 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 audio sketches some radio plays that would be fun and i really need for everyone in this group to see batman versus superman so that we can rail on that thing for an hour <laughs> i've got because i would got to get it done more. okay <laughs> please go hate you watch never- <laughs> You know, you, you never told me your mother's name before. <laughs> Did you see it, Todd? Oh, I saw it. Oh, God. Okay. Well. Yeah. And, we, right. and we have been recording for two hours and 13 minutes. Wow. I wanted this to be about an hour. <laughs> All right. All right. But I don't, I mean, I think it was good. So um, this is what we do. You guys, we ramble. Yep. So I hope you enjoyed it. Ramblin', Ramblin' Man, signing off. All right, for uh, Scott, Todd, this is uh, Alan, and we're talking hard. We'll catch you next time. Until another time.